Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, mentoring with political smarts. Here we go. We're fans of mentoring at Manager Tools, although probably not the way uh, most of the professional world is, right? I mean, today it seems it seems almost like some folks believe that mentoring takes the place of effective management. Yeah. It's almost like a, like a substitute, right? Mentors are supposed to coach and develop and give feedback. And the tone of the public conversation is that the mentor's role as, quote-unquote, not the boss – gives them somehow the special ability to do that. And we think that every manager, that the manager should right. be doing that, right? I'm, I, I have been stunned at reading this. There's this implication. Harvard Business Review had an article about mentoring as a solution. It's like, no, that's just basic management. It's literally, we're trying so hard today to avoid holding managers accountable for what managers are supposed to do in terms of holding people accountable and developing, improving results and improving performance and so on, that we're willing to invent other people having their responsibilities. It's weird. Now, look, we do believe in mentoring, no question. Um, in fact, our casts on mentoring cover both sides of the relationship, both mentor and mentee. We definitely think mentoring can add additional development opportunities for the mentee, particularly when it comes to skills in relationships and in, in softer skill yeah, areas, yeah. the human and communication side. And, and I think of those as being more skewed toward executive development, but, but you don't need to. Uh, it's just, in general, all professional development mentors can help with, although we'd like to think that managers are doing a lot of that stuff themselves. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, but most folks talk about mentoring almost solely in terms of what it means to the mentee, the person being mentored. And, and clearly there are a lot of advantages, a lot, a lot of special things that accrue to the person being mentored. What about the mentor herself? Does, oh, is, yeah. is there anything in it for the mentor? Yeah. Well, okay. So, so look, obviously there's an investment of time and gosh, I'll, I'll tell you, the problem is if you're going to get an investment of time, you don't get anything back. You better have a really good relationship with the mentee. You better really, really help him or her get better, right? But but there is a return on that investment. And frankly, if managers would just think about it a little bit strategically, they'd see it. And the return is fabulous. And it's the return is political capital, right? You pick the right people to mentor. You pick based on the right criteria. And you're going to end up with greater political capital in the organization. So your investment gives somebody else a return, and you get your own return as well. It's a self-licking ice cream cone. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, and I don't think most people no, think about it no. this way, right? I'm kind of stuck with the people that I'm mentoring. They come up to me, and I feel I'm obliged to to say yes in a lot of in, in a lot of cases. In fact, that's how this cast came to be. Um, somebody said, "Look, I'm mentoring this couple of guys who just aren't that great," and I, I look on my face is like. Are you smoking crack? What, 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 <laughs> yes, what, yes. Literally, what is going on over there that you're mentoring two people you don't even like? He says, well, you yeah, know. The, the dogs they, they in the came, organization. Yeah, they, the challenge, the yeah challenge they came to me, but, you know, I didn't want to tell them no. I says, okay. Wow. You didn't tell them no. That There's a whole problem. And so as we went into this conversation, I realized, oh, my. I mean. Clearly, if this person is saying yes to just anybody, they don't know the other side of the equation, which is whom to say yes to, right? Right? Because inherent in that, of course, is what we need to share, which is telling people no. So we have four recommendations for this. And folks, if you're going to mentor, this is the way to choose whom to mentor in your organization. First, 
Choose future leaders to be your mentee. Only mentor future leaders. And we'll give you some suggestions here about how to pick them, okay? Number two, you got to learn to say no. And we'll tell you how to say no, by the way. Number three, we're going to recommend you choose people, mentees, from organizations internally in your company that you interact with so that you can have a friend on the other side of the aisle. And we're also going to recommend you choose uh, mentor mentees from who are directs of emerging leaders. If you can't, if you can't choose a future leader that's a layer or two down from you, choose a direct of somebody who's a peer or someone a level down from you who themselves is doing well. And then those people who work for them, hopefully a rising tide will lift all boats. So it's just, it's a matter of saying, let's pick people who have potential, but let's also pick people who have potential for us. And there are two ways they can get potential. One is the person who we're mentoring gets promoted a couple of times and they remember the favors we did and they help us. Or the organization, because they're in the right organization, they can help us now by having a relationship with them. And as a mentor, you get special privileges in a relationship, so to speak, that you can go over and ask a favor of somebody you're mentoring. Okay. So your first point, mentor future leaders. Now, that seems like a fairly easy one. Not necessarily from the perspective of what the mentor is going to get out of it, but it seems to me kind of like um, mentorial... Mentor- Economics Mentor- 101. Mentorial. Oh, that's good. I like that. I'm going to have to write that down. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> well, you, got, you have limited amount of time. It's like managerial economics 101, right? You have limited amount of time to invest. You can't mentor everybody in the organization. So why wouldn't you want to spend this incremental time, this marginal time you have to spend with folks to impact those that have the greatest potential? In the organization. I'm, right. I'm sorry. Can you just go back and repeat everything? I was too busy thinking of the phrase mentorial economics. And I'm just thinking, wow, there's a contribution from Mike to <laughs> mentorial economics. <laughs> we can always edit it out if you'd like. <laughs> no, no. No. I, and when you said, the moment you said mentorial, I'm like, oh, I know where he's going with this, right? It's mentorial. Yeah, it makes sense. It's yeah. stupid, but I know where he's yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know, well I'll, I'll let you be the judge of your own ideas, right? Yeah, exactly. Too many people. I'm jumping ahead here a little bit. Too many people make the decision to mentor when they're asked. Right. And they feel captive to the ask. And, of course, point two is we're going to tell them to say no. But the moment you get away from that, and and look, the first time you're asked to mentor somebody, right, the first time you're ever asked to mentor somebody, how do you feel? feel, Oh, sweet. That's good, right? I'm digging that. I'm somebody, right? (laughs) Not really. But... It's interesting because of that, because that emotional stew is going on, people then think, oh, that's how you end up mentoring people. And it's too bad because once that happens in their head, it's a powerful emotional connection that makes it a powerful memory. And people learn from that and they learn the wrong thing, which is let's separate the the, the decision to mentor from the decision of whom to mentor, right? If the person is the one coming to ask you, by definition, they're asking you, your decision to say yes is a decision I am going to mentor and I'm going to mentor you. But those are two separate decisions, right? And the fact is, when you start thinking about improving your political capital, when you start thinking, I'm going to choose carefully who I mentor, then you realize your relationship with them can help your career as the person whom you're mentoring becomes more successful. It's as simple as that. Folks, we've got to choose wisely when we pick the people we mentor. When we encourage you to put other people first, we believe that's part of being a professional and developing other people and being part of a larger relationship. We don't mean to suggest that you should just go around helping anybody who needs any help at all, right? We're not suggesting you be Machiavellian in your calculations and always say, I'm only going to help the people who can help me the most. 
But look, when it comes to mentoring, it's a significant investment of time. If you're going to do it well, ah, let me take that back. It's probably not a significant investment of time. It's worth being done right. And there's some strict strictures and some structure that we suggested in our previous cast that we recommend you use. But look, it's completely reasonable for you to want to get something out of your investment in mentoring somebody beyond just good feelings and somebody else's growth. If somebody else can grow and we can gain value too, both of which their growth and us getting value of it help the organization, isn't that better than just them growing alone? You know, as long as we're not mentoring them just for purely selfish reasons, as long as we're putting them first and then we're saying, and yes, there's a way for me to get a return, then I think it's absolutely a smart thing for us to do to consider the political capital and consider whom might I mentor. So look, spend time looking for those people who are doing well. Don't agree to mentor somebody whom you see as a poor performer. Uh, there are managers out there within the sound of our voices right now who say, oh, he's underperforming, so I'm going to mentor him. Uh, folks, that's a lot of hard work. And if their boss isn't helping them get better, the boss knows more about that person's development than you do. Let's not start by choosing lost causes. Okay. If you have doubts about somebody's performance because you think maybe they're going to ask you to mentor them, right? ask their boss for some input about whether or not this person is worthy of the amount of time it takes and political capital it takes to invest in them. Ask somebody who might know that person better. If you can't verify that the person is good, good enough to be really quite good, then you have to say no. And so we're looking for future leaders, people whom you believe can get to your level or higher. And generally, I'm thinking two to three promotions. If you can see that person two to three promotions ahead of where they are, that's the kind of future leader we're talking about. Now, you might say, no, I really think, you know, they're they're interview contributor. I'd need to see them gaining five levels. Well, no offense, but that kind of prediction, right? That's pretty pretty tough. That's a hard one. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but if you can predict somebody three, then I think, good, good on you. Well done. You can predict three promotions. And then I think, let's be fair, after three promotions, it's a whole new ball game. They have to demonstrate new things. Whole bunch being of able factors, to, right? Yeah, a whole bunch of factors. In fact, the game changes, right? It's a new S-curve. It's a totally new S-curve. So choose people whom you see as growing two to three positions. And by the way, you should, I, I wouldn't recommend you mentor somebody five levels down just because it gets a little bit hard to stay in touch with them about some things are going on. It happens, but I don't recommend it. So a person a level down or two levels down or even three levels down from you that can grow two to three levels is somebody that will end up at your level or higher in the organization, and that's a future leader. Good. Now, given that, then is it is it reasonable to suggest that I could go out, if I want to mentor somebody, I could go out and recruit somebody that I was going to... Gonna... Sure. I'm sure you can. Now, now, look, the reason we didn't lead with this idea is because I didn't want to say you can go recruit your own mentees because we want to teach the idea of making the decision to mentor separate from whom to mentor. And and the fact is we want sometimes managers to say yes to people who come to them. We don't want to send out a, a an army of people who say, no, no, no. If you ask me, I'm going to say no guaranteed, right? Right. So the question is, when you get asked, and what we hope is our listeners do well, and they get asked frequently, um, but not so much that they're always saying no. But that said, can you recruit a mentee? Sure you can. So here's how you do it. Next time you sense that someone is a top performer, near to you in the organization in some fashion, hang around after a meeting that you both attended. Approach them. Compliment them. And tell them, hey, if you ever need help, let me know. I like working with sharp people. 
and then give them your card. If you're not in a meeting together with them, don't let that get in your way. Go talk to a friend who works near them or knows them and ask for an introduction. Folks, don't be shy. Say to them, hey, look, I've heard good things about your performance. It's a pleasure to meet a professional. If you need help in my area or somewhere else in the company, let me know. Happy to lend a hand in my area or just in general. Right. Okay? Now, putting that out there, it doesn't guarantee that they're going to come to you later and ask you to mentor them, right? No, no, no. But, but, but the point is, if they ask for help, help them, then offer to do so more regularly, and then steer them toward the mentorship model. I, I'm simply getting it to the point where you're going to be first among the people they think about. Gosh, why wouldn't I ask Ozan? I mean, he's offered to help me a couple of times. He sought me out, so clearly it'll probably be an easier ask for me. And there are plenty of people who want to be mentored who won't ask anybody, right? right. Whereas if you've gone out and picked two or three people in the organization that you think are future top performers, you say, if you ever need anything, let me know. What are the chances? The chances are better than 50-50 that they're going to ask you. Yeah. Right? Now, okay, so let me, let me put myself in, in the shoes of some of our listeners because I'm sure there are at least a couple people out there, a couple hundred people perhaps, that are saying this sounds a little too slick. It's not going to work. They're going to – it's going it sounds fake, kind of forced. What, what, do you, what do you say to that? <laughs> I love this. It's like, okay, you've never done this before, but you've decided it doesn't work for you. Okay, fine. Um, go ahead. Don't do it. Let me compete for you against you for your promotions, right? So – but that said, we understand it. it it's something that, that doesn't get shared a whole lot. It, it is one of those little secrets that really sharp professional executives know. Let me answer it this way. Here's a thought experiment for everybody who's listening. Thing. You're in a meeting and an executive, one or two levels up from you, approaches you after a meeting. And she says to you, hey, I've heard good things about your performance. It's a pleasure to meet a fellow professional. If you need help, let me know. Happy to lend you a, lend you a hand in my area or just in general. Yeah, well, that's different. What? That's different. They're talking about me now. I mean, dude. <laughs> No, you're absolutely convinced it would work. You would be, yes. wow, this is awesome, yes, right? Yeah, sure it would. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what the mentee will say to you if you're two levels up and you say, by the way, you're really good. I, you know, If you need anything, reach out to me. I'll be happy to help. We've talked about this before about people's disconnect between being a manager and being a direct, how they see their boss in this not-so-great light, even if they like their boss, still the boss, and there's there's some opacity there that's difficult, and yet they act like, oh, total transparency with me and my people. I'm like, what are you, again, what are you, smoking crack? I mean, no. Your people see you roughly how you see your boss. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 big fat red sign in your forehead, right? So when when an executive asks you and makes you feel great and says, hey, I've heard good things about you, you know, if you need me, reach out. I promise you, you reach two levels down the organization to somebody a skip at a skip level level to you over over a couple of organizations, and you say, if you need any help, let me know. They're going to be like, wow, that guy was like important. I, I think he works on the executive floor. Wow, doesn't he work on the top floor of the building? How, what was he doing down here? And his friends are going, that guy talked to you? They never talked to us. Who is that guy? Do you see him in a suit? Nobody wears a suit around here but the executives. Yeah, and what does the person say? Wow, thanks a lot. I really, really appreciate it. Okay, so uh, enough. You can approach somebody. You can increase the chances that they'll ask you to mentor them by identifying them, find out who the future leaders are, ask your friends, find out who those people are, and then reach out to them. It'll increase the chances again that they're going to ask you. Now, we want to make two related points here, okay? The first one is a point Mike often makes uh, about a time in his career at one point, every person promoted to an ex executive position at MCI had worked for Mike. 
his organization had had such good success, all of Mike's directs were getting executive level promotions. And by the way, as an aside, I know some of you are going to be surprised to hear this. I'm not about to throw Mike under the bus. There's totally a future. Oh, it's coming. I'm no, sure. No, 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 I'm no, no, sure. It's I coming promise, here. No, I promise there won't be. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> um, there's a total future cast in this whole discussion about getting people promoted and so on. We've alluded to it in the last year or so in some of the casts, and so we want to come back to that. It's the total hallmark of a successful executive. Their directs getting promoted and doing well. Okay? Now... Think about that for a moment. All of Mike's peers now, they're all his peers. They all report to the same manager. Okay, All of his, his peers had once worked for him. They knew he was the one that championed them to get promoted and had made them good enough so that they, in fact, did get promoted. Okay, Talk about being first among equals with your boss. Talk about being thought of as the senior person among the peer group. Talk about being seen by the boss as his presumptive or her presumptive number two. It's a no-brainer. The point of this is when you help others get promoted, you benefit, folks. But more generally, when you help others get ahead in general, you benefit. That's what mentoring can do for somebody who's on a, off to a good start, and essentially you're helping them build their track record, and it makes it easier for them to get promoted. Imagine, in fact, that you're two levels up, and you end up sitting at the promotion board. And somebody says, what do you think of this guy? He says, well, i got chapter and verse on why this guy is awesome, and I definitely think we should promote guys like this. And every, all the other people on the board say, I don't really remember him. And you're like, well, I'm mentoring him. And I da, 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 da. You look good because you're mentoring somebody who's up for promotion. You look good because you have specific recommendations regarding why he or she should be promoted and so on. And, of course, that person is much more likely to get promoted with somebody on the board who has data about why they're good. Okay? The second point we want to make is... The ultimate missed opportunity about mentoring, and that is, we've alluded to before, just saying yes to first requests you get from people, from, from people down, down the organization from you. Too many of us make this mistake. Um, we're so flattered by the inference we draw about the ask, and your inference is probably mistaken, um, we lose control of our faculties, we swoon, and we say, sure, it's great, oh, I'm, I'm flattered. And the flattery is what causes us to roll over and say yes, and it's just a bad idea, folks. Um, you're not obligated to say yes, we'll talk about saying no here in just a moment. You're not obligated to say, say yes. The only time you should say yes is if a person who is on your short list of future leaders or in an organization that can help you in a part of the, the company uh, or working for somebody that's really, really valuable, that's when you you say yes. Apply that criteria to every single ask and reach out with this criteria to the right people in terms of telling them you're keeping an eye out for them and you'll be happy to help them and you'll get the kind of people you want to mentor. Being, mentor, being a mentor to somebody is an investment of your time and it's smart to get some political capital out of it going forward. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad you, you um, qualified your saying no earlier because your second point is say no. And, of course, you said no all the time, you wouldn't be mentoring anybody. So what you're really saying is most people think the default answer is to say yes, right? They yeah. have to work to say no. Yeah, right? I would even, I would say, I think you're right. I would go further than saying it's the default answer. I think people are almost compelled to say yes, and they don't even realize they're going there. They're so flattered, they're just knocking over with a feather. Of course I'll do it, right? Right. So the tendency is to, is to say yes immediately, and yeah. the default answer should be 
No. Yeah. That's the, what we saying. recommend the default answer be no. We can't go around saying yes just because people ask, folks. It's not a way to go through it. Go through your professional life. We can't be agreeing just because it feels good to be asked. Think about the executives you admire. Do you think they would mentor just anyone? No, they wouldn't. So when someone asks you to mentor them, we're recommending you apply the screening implied in this guidance. Okay? If you don't meet it, if they don't meet the criteria about being in the right role or having the right performance or in the right organization or a direct of somebody who's really, really good, you say no politely. You say to them, I'm so sorry, I have to say no. My schedule really doesn't permit a, permit a mentoring relationship right now. You can also say, can I suggest some other folks that might be available? Note, folks, this is important. Note that your schedule is not just your calendar. Your schedule is really the embodiment of your priorities on your calendar. Your schedule is about your priorities. And this is a polite way of saying that mentoring this person, but we won't, we won't actually say that out loud. We may not even think it, but we will still say no. Mentoring this person couldn't rise to the level of getting onto your calendar because it wouldn't become a priority. And so therefore it wouldn't be part of your schedule. Whereas you could choose to mentor someone else and they could make it onto the schedule because there's more value to the organization. And that's what managers and executives do all the time. Make decisions, managerial economics 101, about who should be doing what. And, and choosing the right people to mentor means you probably always have time to mentor if it's the right person. And you never have time to mentor if it's the wrong person. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's almost quotable. It's, we, can it's, almost, it's, I mean, we can almost put those in show notes. It's, 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 it's right up there with mentorial economics. I, I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's not that good. Uh, five years from now, I want to mention mentorial right. economics. Don't, you're getting carried yeah, away. Yeah. You're getting carried so away. It's sorry. not oh, that good. Yeah. Now, you, okay, a third point. You know, choose from orgs you want, you interact. Choose mentorial economics. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Choose choose organizations. Choose sorry, organizations. Which having too much fun. Having too much fun. Yeah, we gotta stop that. So, I think that's interesting. Most people don't think about that, right? That's just it's yeah. just one of one of those factors they don't consider. Yeah. Look, all things being equal, first we say no to anybody who doesn't meet this criteria, and we look for the Venn diagram intersection of a future leader, an emerging leader somebody in an organization that I interact with, and ideally they work for someone who is grow growing as well. If you get all three of those, if you can find the intersection of those three circles, which probably isn't very big, that's the person or two people you want to mentor. Now, there are several Venn diagrams all across the organization, right? Right, right. and that's probably enough people to be mentoring at any given time. Yeah, exactly, anyways, right? absolutely, exactly. So what's most important about the organization though? To explain to me, yeah, look, first, if you can't be sure whether somebody's an emerging leader, then, and we, we, we talk about the intersection of the Venn diagram, but sometimes you, you, you don't know enough to know where the diagram intersects, and so you're left with, okay, which of these do I choose from? You could choose from any part of this. So if you couldn't be sure whether somebody's an emerging leader or not, you can narrow your available pool of mentees to those who are in organizations within your firm where it would benefit you to have a stronger relationship with somebody. Maybe it's a customer. Maybe it's an internal support provider. With an internal customer, you, you having a solid relationship allows you to reach out and diffuse potential problems or find out what the real issues are in terms of internal negotiations for resources or whatever. With an internal support provider, a mentee over there allows you to get preferential treatment, perhaps find out where the leverage might be to unlock a potential snafu. The point is, you're going to get benefit now. 
if you if you mentor somebody who's a future leader and they get promoted twice, you get some reflected glow from their promotions and they remember you when they have more power, perhaps even more power than you. Or if you get promoted a couple of times and they get promoted a couple of times and you're still close to them, now with significantly more purview in the organization, both of you, significantly more impact in the organization, you, the relationship you have makes you much more powerful. But... If you don't have that, if you can find an emerging leader who's in the right organization, so much the better. That's a long-term benefit, but there's a short-term benefit. If I'm mentoring somebody in another part of the organization that we need to have better relationships with, we're going to have better relationships with them. We're going to benefit now, right? My mentoring is putting a few hours, maybe an hour or two a month into somebody so that when when we have a pinch between my organization and their organization, I can give them a call and mentees generally do favors for mentors when they get when they get out and that's useful if exactly. they're emerging leaders yeah exactly now, if they're at the bottom of the organization yeah getting that person involved may not be such a good idea <laughs> yeah. in a crisis right let me go to the worst performer in yeah. a crisis and see yeah. if he can help see, see first if he knows what's going on no see if he knows what the issues are no see if he actually has any leverage no gosh why am i talking to this person again yeah Good. See our earlier points. Yeah. So the idea is don't don't hesitate to consider where do they work? And is that organization somebody that we need to have a relationship with? Good. And then our last point, bullet number four, not choosing just simply emerging leaders, but choosing directs of emerging leaders yeah. as a potential candidate pool. Yeah. Maybe you can't see down in the organization a level, right, to who is really good, but one of your peers is doing particularly well, right? Choose one of her directs to reach out to. I'm not talking about a peer of yours who reports to your boss. That's probably too close, although I wouldn't rule it out out of hand. But choose one of her directs if she's a, you know, she works for a different boss than you, but she's at your level. One of her directs could be good. Now, again, high performer, not just anybody, not some schlub, but having a deeper relationship with a direct of a star or high performer gives you a favorable mention if that star peer of yours asks if anybody knows you or there's any kind of outreach that's going to happen, there's any kind of relationship building. Hey, does anybody know somebody over there in IT? Oh, yeah, I know Horseman. He's he's a good guy. In fact, he's mentoring me. Oh, really? You like him? Yeah, he's really, really good. Would you mind calling him and asking for a favor? No, uh, uh, well, I mean, he's my mentor. Well, look, how about you just introduce me? No problem. And now, if I'm the person that is mentoring, I'm getting what I want, right? Which is a connection to the star player. Again, having a deeper relationship with a direct of a star gives us a little bit of leg up when, in fact, that star might end up coming in contact with us. Did I miss something? Are, are, are you running for Congress or something? Because this seems, this seems really fairly overtly political here. I mean, it's like you're playing <laughs> political games. I, I, I know I've said it recently several times in several different client uh, things. That it's, a, it's, a, it's a theme that's been gnawing on me for a while, that whole what we just talked about with if an executive asked me, I'd be thrilled and I'd say yes. But somehow if we ask somebody two levels down, oh, no, I don't, maybe they, why would they say yes to me? Hey, Chowderhead, it's because you're two levels up. And they're like, wow, he's going to mentor me. That's cool. Same thing true with, with politics. People look up in the organization and they see executives collaborating and they think, wow, look at all that politics. I don't like that. They're scratching each other's backs. They're making compromises. Why don't they just get what they want and so on? Well, what you call politics is what executives call collaboration. So is this politics? Yeah, you can make a case that it's it's politics. But look, if you think that these kinds of relationships don't matter, 
a relationship that maybe was strong once, but maybe it's decayed a little bit because it's been a while since you talked to them. The moment you go back and talk to them, they say, hey, that's my former mentor. He's a great guy. He mentored me for a year, gave me a lot of great ideas, invited me a couple of senior things, got to sit in with him and so on. Now, all of a sudden, boom, you're right back, right? Right back to that relatively high-level relationship. So if you think those kind of relationships don't matter, okay, that makes it a heck of a lot easier for us who know we're right you're wrong, and relationships absolutely matter at the top of the organization. Remember, it's all about people. It's especially all about people among more senior managers and executives. And the better relationships you have, the better off you're going to be when you become an executive. And yeah, it's great to have great relationships with your peers, but why not start cultivating the relationships so that you'll have friends and and good relationships with key people throughout the organization. Look, if you're going to be in an organization for 10 years and you're going to mentor two people a year, I'm just making that up as an example. That's 20 people you can have a really solid relationship with. Now, five of them, five of those 20, 25% are going to leave because they're high performers. They're going to be recruited to go somewhere else. Hopefully, we've made our point about you're only mentoring high performers. And then you have 15 people left. And those people are scattered throughout the organization because you've looked elsewhere, not just people right around you. How is that a bad thing, right? Yeah. You want to get something done, you roll it out in the organization, and you spend a special note to your mentor or your former mentees, and you say, hey, look, I'd love to get together with all you guys. I've mentored all of y'all. Let's have a beer. I want to talk to you about what's coming. I want to give you advance notice, and I want you to help me carry the water on this one. Yeah. You know, I bend over backwards, right? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of our, I, I agree with everything you said. I think there will be a lot of listeners that will listen to this, and they will have a little distaste in their mouth. After having listened to this, they'll oh, see it as man. political. And I think they're wrong, but I understand where they're coming from. And 20 years ago, I would have said the same exact thing. Yeah, I, okay. But uh, at some uh, point, yeah. finally, you know, one of my managers sat down and said, look, it's not enough to be right. You yeah. have to have the political capital. Yeah. You have to influence to get your good ideas implemented. Yeah. And this is about developing political capital. So you can take all the things you believe in. We believe you to be an honest and ethical person. And we want honest and ethical right. people to have influence and to do good for the organization. And this is about developing the political capital and the skills to influence others in the organization. Okay, I, I see your point about politically, maybe some people are a little hesitant. Tell me something, though. Is the genesis of this idea and our recommendation that much different in its, at, at its core concept from pre-wire? No, it's good. It's, it's not. A, it's a good analogy. And, yeah. and, and most yeah. people listening, when they hear pre-wire, they're like, oh, wow, this is the coolest tool. It doesn't feel political, does it? And yet that's political at its finest. That's politics, right? You'd never go. I mean, the whole point of pre-wire goes to that old joke about never going to a meeting not knowing where the votes are, right? Yeah. It's a political joke, but it, but it has organizational repercussions. Yeah, I think what makes this different, though, is the fact that we're placing value on our time, which we should you should. You have to. You're executive. Right. You better do that, right? And that, in fact, we're placing a value on somebody else's potential, right? We're judging somebody else's potential, yeah. and we're deciding this person is. I'll put it negatively. We're deciding this person is not worth our time, right? That's that's yeah. the part that I think. I think if you if you say it that way, there are plenty of people in the world who, and, and God bless them. Thank you for being that way. You say, well, nobody's not worth my time, right? Every human right. soul has value. We've said that many, many times to many, many audiences. But but I can take that thought experiment two steps for, for, further, and I can say, um, yeah, okay, fine. So if everybody's valuable, then you know, you know, 
you don't need to coach anybody, particularly on getting better. And go ahead and spend time with your bottom performer, your top performer. Don't you don't have to spend extra money on your top performer in terms of performance, right? I mean, right. you go down that road, right. and everybody's equal in right. fairness and right. so on. The fact is, you have limited right. time and little little yeah. bit of resources, and, and your you job is to achieve into. results. And so, my point. Mentorial economics. <laughs> Proven exactly. Once again. <laughs> it's all about mentorial economics. That's the name of this cast, in fact. It's the unofficial name of this cast, Mentorial Economics 101. Yeah, I would say you're absolutely right. And and, and I'm uh, I'm thinking about pre-wire right now, and I'm thinking about talking to those people, and then I'm thinking about saying no and mentoring. And, and, and it reminds me of something. Whenever we brief the feedback model to people, there's always somebody in the room, not always, but quite often, there's somebody in the room who says, well, this won't work because of X, because of Y, because of Z. And if I'm in a bad mood, I'll say to them, I'm, I'll say to them Schwarzkopf comment about, have you ever been in a minefield? Like, have you ever done this before? No. Okay, so let me just, I'll give you an example. I've done this 50,000 times. You've never done it. What makes you think that you would be able to predict what would happen in this situation? Well, I'm just guessing. Well, okay, I've done it 50,000 times, and that's happened like three times, so no offense. I don't really think that's an issue we need to be worried about right now. When you cross that bridge, I'll be happy to fly in and hold your hand as you walk over it, right? And so the, the thing about politics and the fact that this is not politics, when I put that together... In the same way that a guy who's never given feedback has an opinion about why feedback won't work, holy moly, by the same token, somebody who says, well, I think this is below political, from a person who would say yes to anybody who asked them to mentor them, I rest my case, right? If you're going to say yes, if your natural tendency when somebody comes and asks you to mentor them, and I, I, I'm hoping you're busy, that's a good thing to be busy. Um, if your first inclination is to say yes... Um, then then probably your inclination to say this is too political is probably also wrong. <laughs> I hate to say that. So, all right, look, let, let, me, let me wrap up. Um, we, we've recommended mentor future leaders. That's what we're looking for. Definitely say no to those people who don't meet these criteria. And the other two criteria is choose organizations within your firm that, uh, that you and your department interact with. That's a way to increase the, the real-time, near-term value of it. And also choose from directs of emerging leaders. If you can't find your own future leaders, look for people, for top performers of people who are presently a future leader. There are really two important questions when it comes to mentoring. Am I going to mentor? And then the question is, who am I going to mentor? If you say yes to the former, that you're going to. Uh, and, and look, there are times in your life, folks, when the answer is no to everyone, and we completely support that. It's a, it's a judgment call based on schedules and priorities. But if we are going to say yes to the idea of mentoring, then we surely ought to be smart about whom to invest in, because your time is limited and we respect it. Um, choose wisely. Choose those with whom a relationship later might be a benefit. Choose those who are in places now where you can benefit from knowing someone over there. And choose someone whose boss's successes will raise their profile. If you're a good mentor, they'll remember you forever. And you may not want to, if you call that politics, that's okay. I don't think of that as politics. I think of that as relationship building and all organizational success relies to some degree on relationship building. And that's it. Very good. Thanks, my friend. My pleasure, partner. So long. Thanks, everyone. That's it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here again next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long. <laughs>